Hey guys, as always, the Side Character Podcasts are not experts. These are just our own personal opinions and experiences. Now on to the show. Hello and welcome to the Side Characters Podcast, a podcast about cultural diversity in nerd culture. I'm Jordan. And I'm a pickled herring, otherwise known as Leah. I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have, because that wasn't <laughs> something I was prepared for. Oh, what was that? <laughs> it was my uh, Stefan John Mulaney oh, moment. It's just like, that, that took me from left field. So... With the current way that the world is going, I have been finding myself extremely angry recently. And hmm, you don't say. Yeah, it's, it's been hard. And it's been like, I guess, trying to find outlets for that anger and trying to find ways to be productive so I'm not just sitting in my apartment staring at a wall and seething all night, which totally doesn't happen all the time. No. No. But that, that sounds like the ring of truth. <laughs> God. Yeah, yeah, that, that's not how life has been going. I haven't just been silently seething to myself daily. But, like, I guess with, especially with dealing with anger and, like, expressing my anger, like, outwardly in public, it, it's it's been more difficult. I've al- always had to think about how I'm showing that I'm angry because I usually either get judged for it, get, like, people, like, have literally in the past backed away when I wasn't even like actually angry about something. I've been told to calm down, which is never the best remedy for someone who's angry and just, just other things like that. And I know a lot of it has to deal with the fact that I am an African-American man who is getting angry. Yeah. And yeah, I feel you. (laughs) I feel you on that front as a woman who's been specifically told not to yell. That's a thing that I get tell, told to do very frequently because I get passionate and people say that I'm yelling. Yeah, and, and, and it's, I guess playing, it's sexive emotion. And when you are a minority, the difference between passion and anger is never actually seen. And whatever your actual emotion is, it's seen as being like a bit too much and you need to calm down you need to lower your voice or oh it's like maybe you shouldn't say that type of thing and 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 it's misplaced so i I think we kind of wanted to go in and talk about that in a little bit more detail and i guess also look about how it deals with nerd culture because it's there but we wanted to talk about hysterical people my crowning achievement of play on words it is mine sorry go I claim it as my own. It's the best title I've ever made. I was going to give you full credit for it. I was about I was about to Thank give you. it like all the accolades and just give you the full credit for it. But you got this. Also, I will say every time I see the title Hysterical People, I just instantly in my head go to Marilyn Manson, the beautiful people. Like hysterical people. Hysterical people. Yes, because that's just how I work. I, I wish I could comment on that, <laughs> but I don't know. Uh, yeah, I realized. So I was talking. Sorry. Quick aside. I was talking to friends the other day. I realized I make a lot of references that no one cares about. Anyways. So. Well, most of your references I get, but I don't really listen to Marilyn ne- Manson. I mean, neither, neither do I. <laughs> as long as we. As long as when I say, do you like cheese? 
we both think of the same movie, then we're good. What? <laughs> oh, that's unfortunate. What the correct response is, yes, I like Gouda. What movie are my you favorite? No, yes, my favorite type is Gouda. What movie are you talking about? Oh, my God. She's the man! Oh, I just blew out my mic yeah, completely. Yeah, bro, we need to get to the topic. You think I remember anyway, She's the Man? Everybody remembers She's the Man, Jordan. You're the odd one out here. Anyways, so this I'm week serious. we're going to start with our definition. <laughs> scream. We're going to start with our definitions and kind of just want to start with. Um, actually, do you want to start with this? Yeah. Or do you want me to? Yeah, I'll start okay. with this. I'll start with this. So a lot of the things we're going to be talking about today and definitely in the future have really, I think, tied to this concept that I think we really need to talk about. And it's something that many Americans will find contentious for some reason, even though it's goddamn science. So what we're going to talk about is the outdated term of biological determinism, which I really want to thank... Ryan from Instant 3 Play for reminding me how important this is to many things in our discussion of B-stars. This is the concept we were looking for the name for. Um, so what biological determinism is, it's the belief that human behavior is directly controlled by an individual's genes or some component of their phys physiology, generally at the expense of the role of the environment, whether in embryonic development or in learning. And then that's from Wikipedia. Our second definition comes from encyclopedia.com, and its biological term determinism refers to the idea that all human behavior is innate, determined by genes, brain size, or other biological attributes. Now, now, I would like to stay, stay, I would like to say this is an outdated piece of garbage. <laughs> Let's just say that biological determinism is outdated and a lie. Not everything in human, most human behaviors are not determined by your genes. They are mostly influenced by a matter of how you were raised and other common factors. It is a complex pile of mass to be human. Your behavior is complex. And that's what anthropologists and archaeologists and biological anthropologists have been studying for a very long time. Now, back on track. Biological uh, 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 Really quick. Stop it. What? First yes. of all, it's so yes. weird not having the control over the definitions because usually I'm the one who reads it. It's so it, this whole yeah. section has just been like, well, is... I'm like, why can't I say things? Oh yeah, because I don't know about the stuff. Second of all, just really yeah. quick, like I guess example of this, it is just something that's been so interwoven into our society so far of like how people talk about other people and things. I remember the weekend after we wrote these notes. Um, I was at a friend's house and like their grandma was there and talking about something they, they mentioned it's like, oh, well, it's like all the redheads I know have um, short temper. That's just a thing of being redheaded. And we're just like, that's not a thing. It's like, you're not short tempered yeah. because you have red hair. Well, it's like everyone I've met is. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's an anecdotal fallacy. Um. But yeah, you pointed you pointed out really well that like how does helping does knowing this definition and how people think like this help us in this case? And let me use an example. <sighs> does the phrase he can't help it, that's just how he is, ring any bells to so you? So many bells and I already angry again. <laughs> the ugh bells are ringing. Yeah, it's basically it's a lot in North America. It's a lot put down to how we teach evolution 
and it's incorrectly taught that this idea of like um survival of the fittest and all this stuff is comes from like steeped in a place of spencerian evolution and it's just a whole mess if you don't really understand what i'm talking about and how this is wrong you should go and look up some videos on youtube get yourself a real education on evolution most of your behavior isn't determined by your brain your genes other attributes of you how long your femur is you what? know so I, th- I think it's yeah that's so I don't so have the quality of getting really annoyed by stupid phrases because my femur is a little bit longer than most people's well I was mainly using that as that's a way that they I was making a buttons. joke I, I I'm sorry I'm tired. <laughs> what you're tired I would have never been able to tell oh. yeah it's just really important I think this is really important I think it's something that we need to think keep in the back of our minds when we think about these things because some of them are just like we oh you're like oh these are stereotypes a lot of these though are founded on this idea oh it's a lot of stereotypes and i know like some of the more important ones are the ones well not important some of the more like um commonly known ones are the ones we're going to be talking about today so quickly we're going to be covering like the angry black man stereotype the sassy black woman angry black woman stereotype and just in general hysterical women as a whole and so I guess we'll continue along the lines with definitions. I'll do angry black man. Um, so angry black man is like the stock mm-hmm. character and stereotype. It was popular in 1970s through 1980s. It's usually a male black youth. The angry black man knows that the man is out to get him and that the revolution will soon come and... Uh, I hate reading this. And Whitey will have his back against the wall. The angry black man sees injustice everywhere and is capable and intelligent, but usually financially destitute because damn people won't hire him or give him an opportunity. And that comes from TV tropes, but I've kind of went back and forth on. Anyways, um, okay. And then sassy black woman or angry black woman. And that is like the angry black woman stereotype is a trope in American society that portrays African American women as sassy, ill-mannered, and ill-tempered by nature. By nature being that key of like biological determinism, anytime you see that by nature thing, that's biological determinism at work. Keep it in your mind, people. And like we felt that this was a really good transition into the last one. Like these, the sassy black woman is the like in-between of the angry black man and the hysterical, hysterical woman trope. Which that one is that uh, this trope characterizes women as less rational, disciplined, and emotionally stable than men, and thus more prone to mood swings, irrational overreactions, and mental illness. As a result, many female characters may be coddled or their opinions undervalued. Not to worry, such hysteria is easily cured with a good slap in the face. That's from TVTropes.com. Um, and going into this even further, the idea of hysteria, hysteria itself is entirely related to women. The idea of it, the word hysteria comes from the Greek word for the uterus. <laughs> Jeez. Um, yeah. Jeez. And, <laughs> uh. Yeah. And hysteria was, is like, was defined as ungovernable, ungovernable emotional excess and can refer to the temporary state of mind or emotion. However, beginning in 19, uh, uh, 1900 BC, hysteria was considered a diagnosable, uh, physical illness in females, and then in the 1500s shifted to a mental illness. So 
yeah, for hundreds and thousands of years, we've been treating women with hysteria. It's basically an excess of emotions. And that's what we're going to be talking about is how emotional women are a disease, basically. And I I just want to take this time to just truly apologize to black women because, like, I I really I feel for you that you have to you're part of both of these negative stereotypes. Like you can't get a break and it's just really awful and it sucks. But it's just like because I know things are bad enough, like when I get upset or when I like even talk passionately about something, I know things are bad enough being like looked at as like this dangerous black man, but like to be seen as like a ill-mannered and dangerous black woman and then also be like, oh, she's going to be hysterical because she's a woman. That just that's it's it's awful. And these these things just shouldn't exist. And but again, yeah. we're talking about them because they do. And we're going to explain them and describe them and their impact so that we can learn from it and be able to move forward and pass these stupid stereotypes anyways yeah. recognize it and when we see it so all right really going into it the ang- we're going to start with the angry black man and i want to go into this a little bit more because like i didn't necessarily like the tv tropes definition i read it because that's where we got our start with this but i kind of want to just go into really what is this trope um, so, like, the trope is re- pretty much showing black men as quick to anger, especially on topics of injustice, like the TV tropes thing talked about. But it's, like, the belief that black people are specifically to uh, specifically quick to jump to anger and thus should be treated with kid gloves. Um, and then it also portrays black men's anger as scary or dangerous. And you'll notice this, like, both in society, neuroculture, in the media in general, when a black man gets upset, you see a lot of people like jump to a defensive position almost as if they are afraid of said black man. Yeah. Yeah. Even raising, even raising voice, not even associated with any change in posture or like any sort of change in like temperament is often treated with the same level. There have been many of times when it was like not something I was even upset about it. So something I was like kind of joking through and I got like in trouble or told to that I need to calm down or sent to, I guess not time out or detention, but whatever in elementary school sent to be in trouble because I was upset and angry or in quote the phrase that they use against me enraged. But this stereotype is really, it's used to paint black people as dangerous and it continually perpetuates this stereotype that black people are to be feared like like black black men especially are to be feared and it's a lot of the things like oh eh. but it's it's a lot of like in dealing with certain like in justices that happen both like in general like a way black people are either treated or abused or like um people will defensively quote unquote defensively fight against black people it's like well those people they were afraid of what that man would do or like they were afraid of the situation so they were acting in defense against the black man which really the anger is the anger is one thing but the treatment of it is different based off the race of the person. I don't know if I explained that right. No, I think you did. I think you did. It's basically, and often that, well, they were afraid is a justification for any sorts of things, be it 
the person's oh the person they were defending against death or any other treatment that they were given and yeah it's an idea that it's a way to justify your own actions or horrible actions basically against another human yeah and i yeah it's hard to say more i'm i wasn't going to do this but i'm gonna get real like really real with you right now there was a time in um middle school where like as an incident happened i got mad and um ended up going to detention and stuff and um well well had to talk to the principal about it because you know it was such a huge incident but when i was talking about like well well, here's what happened. I got mad because they were they would not stop. It was like, oh, well, they wouldn't stop saying and teasing you because they were afraid. That was the that was the excuse that they give gave the boys for teasing me after I had gotten mad at this thing. And I and I immediately kind of blew up, snapped at a couple of people, but it's like they they didn't stop because they were afraid of what I was going to do. That yep. was the excuse used against me. Yep. Yep, I'm gonna, you remind me to tell you my story when we get to the other section, because we have, we have similar experiences to share, but I'll get to that when we come to the other section, but it's, it's a, it's a, it's, yeah, it's to justify actions that aren't reasonable, and and because of these assumptions, um, that black men are dangerous, you, you get that small insidious actions that become noticeable patterns. So like one of the examples being the actions of cops placing their hands on their guns when talking to black men. And I've seen this against many black, like um, against black men that are completely harmless. Like the cops were called on something that had nothing to do with this man. And the cops come to talk to the black men. They have their hands up and on the side of their gun, ready to go if they need to. But the issue wasn't with the black man he was just a witness to the situation but that's how he was treated because oh black people are seen as dangerous i think i think it's happened a lot of times where people are not even being they're the witnesses to crimes and they often have this action and it's like no i just witnessed a crime i didn't i am reporting it rather than the perpetrator well well, you you had to be the perpetrator because you're a big scary black man but like i i've, I've known multiple oh, occasions where it's like the black man gets like interrogated over something that he witnessed but this stereotype and this continually pre- perpetuation of black people being scary it de- de- delegitimizes i can speak black fear and anger towards injustice or their slights by showing that black men get angry at everything so like that was another part of the like the def kind of definition of it was that a black man flies off the handle at injustice. Black man gets angry at all these little things. Even if it's just a tiny thing in society, he's going to get mad at it. And it, this is a way to kind of just completely crush that, like the actual importance of a black person getting upset about it. And again, another personal anecdote, I was upset about police brutality and just like, Oh, it's not a big deal. If a black man runs from the cops, he deserves to get shot, was what was said to me in defense. And that term of, it isn't a big deal. (laughs) Yeah, right. That term of, it isn't a big deal, is what keeps coming up when black people get mad about something. Oh, 
like I've seen this a lot with all the Black Lives Matter stuff happening. It's like, oh, it's not big. Oh, like there's more cops that kill white people. Like it's not a big deal. This is a perceived thing. You're just getting angry over this little issue. It helps them say, oh, it's not a big deal because black people get angry at everything that happens. It's a form of gaslighting because what it is is that they see getting angry at a lot of stuff because we're in a like it's a perpetuating system we're in a system of systemic racism and thus i i also feel like we forgot to remind everybody we're getting real real this episode so hope you're ready for that but we're in a system existing where there is systemic racism so of course people are going to get more angry because we've been because as white people we've been treating (sighs) we've been treating minorities and not respecting and not giving them a voice for hundreds of years so of course they're gonna get angrier at us when we stay when we finally are like oh yeah you can have a voice but you're not allowed to correct any of the things that I've been doing that are make you angry or are racist for you know ever and ever I just it it, it I will say Leah why do you think um that I mean it's gonna get edited out with the heavy breathing but like why do you think I was like doing some like Tai Chi stuff over here to help calm myself <laughs> like why, I was like hmm because this topic is it's it's frustrating and it's like of all the stuff that has been happening over and over again through society it's like why don't we have the right to get mad at quote-unquote every little thing these things aren't little things when they've been happening for hundreds of years and it's like, oh, well, this hasn't been happening for hundreds of years. No, these things, it started out racist. And it's been continuing. And we've been getting slightly better here and there, but it's continuing. So for hundreds of years, it's been the same crap over and over again. So why why wouldn't there be anger towards this? Before we continue and get into the nerd culture, I just want to provide with people with a historical perspective. So a lot of people think that it went from the civil rights movements and that there was race riots in the late 60s, and then things kind of stopped. But if you actually look at history, there have been riots, race riots, riots and protests about police brutality that it didn't stop happening. They've happened like almost every single year or every couple years in U.S. history up until basically now. Like, this isn't something that went away. I think it's funny that people think they went away. It's like, oh, yeah, you had the civil rights and there was the protests, the Watts riots. And then and then you had Rodney King and that was and that's all that's happened. No, these are things that happened on a regular basis and have never stopped. So you just have to keep that in mind. It's just because you're not hearing about it doesn't mean it's not happening. I think it's even combined with the belief that, like, when slavery ended everything was good in kosher and everybody was released right on the spot and everything was good in kosher but then like most people don't really know about like the juneteenth deal and juneteenth is when every black person was um freed as a slave what was that two years after slavery ended was it yep i believe so i my u.s history is a little vague at this point but yes yeah but so 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 it's these things where it's like we have these big events happen and it's just like okay things got better but it's not like they just got better a all at once and okay civil rights happened like most people think that like civil rights everything was good after the i have a dream speech 
That's not the that's not the truth. And so the fact is, these things have been like it's been like a slow burn for things getting better, and we're finally getting rights. We're finally getting voices. We're finally getting representation in media. We're finally getting out there. But it's been so long. It's like good representation in media, like what's just starting when I was a kid. Like Static Shock being like a show with the black lead was a huge thing as a kid. And so like when we get upset that, oh, the portrayal of black people in certain media and we get upset at like these certain injustices, it's like, well, it's not a big deal. It's like, it's like these things exist. It's like, well, no, it's, it's just started. And I know I've gotten way off. I, so yeah, so I th like I would say, I just think that there is the right for African-Americans to be upset at injustices that happen without being portrayed as the type of people who get angry at every little slight. And so I just kind of want to give a couple examples in how this ties into nerd culture of the portrayal and representation of um, the angry black man stereotype. So the one that really kind of stands out to me, especially of recent, is Barrett in Final Fantasy VII and the Final Fantasy VII remake. It's just the way they portray, like, first of all, the whole portrayal of him being basically giant Mr. T and is one thing but they portray him as like kind of having a hair trigger of anger towards all these um like um injustices when it comes to environmentalism and he's the kind to get angry get in people's faces a lot he's the kind to give um big exuberant speeches when um he's talking about environment and just like two point is constantly shown as being a very angry character don't cross him because he's going to get in your face and be very scary and that's kind of one portrayal of it. Um, really, I think the way that um, Samuel L. Jackson is either usually the way that they portray Samuel L. Jackson in movies, the way that he like his characters are played and acted is a very, I guess, it is the angry black man is like getting very in your face, getting angry at little things, and like there's a difference between taking no shit. And when, like, some little slight does happen, he gets angry or, like, basically dismisses you when you're speaking. And I know, like, you can see this a lot with the character of Nick Fury and a little bit in Mace Windu, that, like, very um, angry portrayal of a black man. And it's like he's very quick to jump to anger and, like, almost seen as a scary character that you don't cross. And it's less of... Scary character that you don't cross because he's in a position of power and more scary character that you don't yeah. cross because he's black. I think, yeah, I think definitely with the with the Maze Windu one, you just reminded me of like watching that movie and feeling like he was always not just like about to fly off the handle, but just like that he was like permanently angry with the Jedi Order, which is funny because most of the people you imagine at the higher levels of the Jedi Order were the calmest fucking people you ever met. Like, they were all supposed to have, like, no emotion. Yeah, they're supposed to basically be, like, Zen monks. And he's up here, like, giving the eyebrows, like, mm-hmm. And it's just, just, I've been going to skip ahead, really, like, just, like, that whole, you must be out of your damn mind is a very angry black character phrase that is, like, thrown in over and over again in the portrayal of black characters. And, 
Um, then the last example I have is um, in Prototype 2, which I should have totally looked up the name of the main character before this, but I always forget him. He is definitely throughout it like the very angry black man of like in that stereotype of you must be out of your damn mind and like swearing and being very gruff and not like the gruff like hero like white savior characters that's shown but like gruff as in like this black man's gonna fly off the handle and rip you in half so it's it's very weird especially since the previous antagonist in pro prototype one was just kind of just like I don't know, hoodie wearing bad boy white dude who's like, ah, I gotta stop these things from happening. And then it's just like, ah, I'll destroy you. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's very it's 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 it's, hmm. it's a jarring difference about the betrayals. But anyways, sorry, yeah. portrayals, not betrayals. So okay, so we're gonna now move on to the sassy black woman, and um, pretty much again, like, what is this trope? And it's. Portray presenting and portraying black women as difficult or hard to work with, judgmental, mean, unreason and unreasonably um, dismissive. It's just the worst of all worlds. <laughs> and it makes me angry. I just I just get so angry because of this, because it's 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 like it's like ugh, I don't I don't even know how to describe it. It's just so frustrating. So frustrating. I, I wish I had better words to put in my anger for how black women get portrayed in media. Well, yeah, let me give you a couple of examples of how black women are portrayed in media. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, no, you didn't. Uh, those are three sounds that are uh, very, <laughs> very representative of how black women are usually portrayed in media. It's that, that sassy black character. <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry you did you did so well you did so well it, and now you've devolved is that very and like there's one i can't do it because we're on a podcast but they're like i feel like if i describe this you'll know what i'm talking about but that like look where it's like the head tilted down the look and up the, and, the and, the sh and the foot's tapping and yeah. the foot's tapping yeah and it's that very just like mm, like, like the, it's a mm -hmm. look it's a demeanor it's the way that like they say things yes and then the, like the usually see like you get the, like the z snap we don't do that anymore that's not a thing in pop culture the z snap is not a thing nope but like in media like they're also black women are like quick to give like one-liners it's just like just shut people down when they're even doing the most reasonable of things yeah and i guess yeah. it also presents like the um the, the like sassy black woman is usually a larger woman i don't know any other yeah. like pc way of no saying it's that. true it's often it often is a larger woman and unfortunately it's tied to a rather historic uh, but still present stereotype look at aunt jemima which is finally going away oh boy the one result of uh, you know whatever uh, but the mam it's tied to the mammy stereotype, which is the basically the stereotype that usually like a larger black woman who was the caregiver for whatever family she worked for post slavery. It was used to show that like black people were no longer oppressed so she could use her sass to stand up for herself in the house she worked under and wouldn't be, you know, whipped because she wasn't a slave any longer. Silence for that moment stare 
Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's like, see how this woman fights back, but she also is a joke. It's, um, I think to a point it's also tied to the idea of a house Negro, as I'll say. Yeah. But like the, um, how they would treat, like, they would pick specific black people to live in the house, take care of the children, whatever. And that got better treatment. But that was also when people would come around, you would see that as like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, everything's fine here. It's like the, you, we have one in the house. Yeah, it's it's so wonderful. It's so wonderful. <laughs> so so it, it's so the stereotype like so people like laugh at the sassy black woman. You, like there are times when the character is very funny, but it's tied to such despicable stuff where it's just like yeah it's it's part of the mammy stereotype where it's like oh yeah well she's sassy and doesn't take no shit she stands up to them white people Mm. which but she still lives on barely any money and can't feed her own children and has to raise your own children instead of her own because she works 15 hours a day i can't i can't i can't now you see why I was blowing through stuff because it's hard. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it really, it's just, it, mm, I can't even words right right now. I'm sorry, guys. It's. It makes us all angry. It's a, it's a part of life that shouldn't be there. And it's just like, black women are so infrequently dip- displayed in media. Like, I think that's the problem is that like, some people might use the example of like, well, some of these things are. We know it. I know actual people like this. That's the whole thing is that people give is that there's like, I know actual black women who give this, yeah. who have this type of personality. You know what? If that's the only type of personality that gets displayed, which it is, they like, there's black women are so infrequently depicted in media. They're one of the lowest represented minority groups in media currently, particularly they are the lowest portrayal in video games. Like, there is next to no black women in video games. And this is the depiction you give every single time. It's just a repeated depiction. This, th- do you not see how that is a 100% a problem? I think it's even more telling when, like, people are surprised when black women are portrayed you'll get people like oh wow her character was so well defined and oh wow she was very calm and quiet you'll get people saying things like that but it's just like yeah like of course i know black women who are sassy and who do like you know do the mm -hmm and things that fit into that stereotype but i also know black women who do not do that i also know black women who are completely different than that so why only show one yeah 100%. Oh, guys, this is an episode. This is a real episode. And it gets really heavy. But I think this is the time when we need to get heavy. So we're going to talk about this shit. Um, So so example, can I please, can I take number one, please? Thank you. Oh, yeah, of course. So example number one, I will give you Tyler Perry. Um, Tyler Perry movies, specifically um, the Medea. The Medea does the so uh, hmm, hmm. trying not to like start raising my voice well, and screaming okay, let's Medea. let's talk a little bit about Medea. Medea, the first movie was based on a greek play the play Medea, which if you really want to get into it could have some interesting comparisons between things 
Now, what you really got to get into is the fact that he sold like 15 movies afterwards that are a sham of stereotypes after stereotypes of Medea. It's just a ridiculous. Can I step in as the true Tyler Perry historian? Um, so not only was Medea, like the first movie was like, it's based off the, you know, the Medea, the Greek play, all of that. But even before Diary of a Bad Black Woman, which is like the first, I think it's the first mainstream Tyler Perry. Yeah. Movie, even before that, Tyler Perry was doing stage plays with Medea and Medea does this and oh, meet the brown. Like those are stage plays. Um, and it was that it was it started out as a way to portray like a normal black family going through struggles, but also having this just absolutely insane matriarch just there, just like just absolutely insane woman just in their house and like the struggles of a normal black family and then having the Medea character just being like, mm, well, I'll tell you what to do now. And then just exploding through this thing. I think originally, I think originally Tyler Perry meant it as like potentially. This is the I like I don't know if it's supported, but maybe maybe originally in his head he thought this would be some sort of like ironic portrayal. Yeah, like it's like we're using it as a way to make commentary on it of these tropes. Maybe that's what initially went through his head. But then when you sell 20 plus movies about this shit, that is definitely not why you're doing well, it. Well, I, I think it did start out very good. Like, it gave people the laugh at. It's like, okay, yeah, we all know that crazy, oversassy. Like, we all know a Medea-like character. And we all can laugh when, like, when the families try to have this serious time. It's like, oh, God, Medea's coming over. Oh, things are going to get crazy. And then there's 50 movies. And that became the only way that we see black people that his movies became like the mainstream voice for black people. Mm-hmm. And that's not good when the only mainstream voice for black people is Medea. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, why is it's really unfortunate. Why is Medea the only one who speaks for me? Please. I don't want, we don't want you. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's incredibly frustrating. And there are some good movies, not Tyler Perry movies, but the representations are just awful. But, like, that brings to the other people who ended up getting pigeonholed into these Type roles. Casting, like, yeah. yeah, Wanda Sykes, Queen Latifah, Whoopi Goldberg. I think Whoopi Goldberg gets now, she's crazy now. We all admit this and needs to shut up most of the time. I think every, but Queen, every celebrity just needs to shut up. But, anyways. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg got. T- just like considering sister act and everything in that is insane and i feel most awful for queen latifah because she made some she has some movies that are like excellent and portray different different things like i think the holiday is one of the movies that is the least fitting of this character of this type of characteristic she breaks the mold it's a really good it's a really good that movie's just fantastic like all together it's so good so good it's so good but it's like but yeah like half the other movies she does like beauty shop and stuff like that she often just gets pushed into this role because of the type because of her size and the t- and you know and it's really unfortunate yeah 
that she has to be forced to fight against this role every single time. Yeah, and she she is an amazing actor and singer. Like she's just a wonderful person. And like she gets pigeonholed and side uh, sidecasted, typecasted as this sassy sidekick all the time. That's not who she is. She's uh, deep breath, Jordan. We're almost out of the deep racist breath. stuff that's going to tick me off. Um, look again, another. Um, an actor who's like, this is who she is. She's sassy. She's loud, boisterous, very powerful, confident actress, Leslie Jones. But the way that the Ghostbusters remake movie a few years ago portrayed her character and the way that they did her, I think I think it was wrong, like the wrong representation of how they did it. When we have all the other characters in this movie are some sort of scientists and they're like the top in their field and they're doing all of these amazing things. It's like, yes, they're all like, oh, like, yeah, they're just um, women who are coming up with weird ghost ideas, but they all are the top of their fields. And then Leslie Jones' character was just a fast-talking, um, sassy, mm-hmm, oh, no, yell at everything cab driver who was pretty much just like the black friend character in that movie and like shown as a super sassy woman amongst these other women who are the top of the field something that we didn't need in a remake of it like to bring forward from the 80s movies uh, like in these remakes like we didn't need the black sidekick the black side kick we didn't need the black token sassy character. Yeah, that that didn't need to come back. We were good without it. You could have left that out of the remake and had her be some other like really awesome, funny person because she is incredibly funny. She could have still been like loud, boisterous and like sassy, whatever. But like, why? Would, <laughs> this isn't even just the sassy black woman thing. It's like, why couldn't she be a scientist too? Yeah. And why did they have to portray her as just being ridiculously and like dismissive and dumb and just? <sighs> I think it just goes deeper into representation as a whole. But again, that's another sassy black woman character. <sighs> Leah, take it away. Okay, so now we're gonna talk about this is my topic of uh, hyster- hysterical women. So basically, the idea of the hysterical woman is that she's emotionally disturbed. This trope has a long historical preview long time as we talked about before it's based in hysteria it's been around for a long time goes back to women being sent to mental mental institutions for various reasons but basically boils down to the idea of hysteria your wife does something you don't like hysteria your wife wants sex hysteria your wife doesn't want sex also hysteria like <laughs> everything could be blamed on hysteria like oh i just uh what was it the uh charles dickens had his wife committed because he wanted to pursue an affair with another person that's a great one but it's like uh the feminist scholar elaine uh showalter has the quote that says that the idea of what is a The idea was that any emotional display beyond the fairly light boundaries of what was acceptable could be determined as hysteria. So it's 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 really any emotional display. And it's like it's a clear double standard between men and men and women, men, particularly white men but just generally men in general are allowed to be outspoken and have opinions and differing opinions and they're allowed to express those opinions and wants and this is seen as being intelligent women 
Not so much. Not a lot. Women are shown as being over emotional and like, oh, like when (laughs) two things really quick and then you can get back into it. But one, a lot of the time, this hysteria was all the reasoning you would need to be able to sign your wife away to get a lobotomy. Yeah, pretty much. Um, And so because your um, wife and because the woman in your life had some sort of emotion or whatever, they were then allowed, it was a reasonable thing to then send them to get an ice pick shoved in, up their eye socket and tapped on their brain because they had emotions. It's it's it, it was a common practice. As I said, Charles Dickens did it to his wife. It's 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 a thing that happened um, and happened from like 1800s, 1900s, very long time, very long this time. This is another aside when you were mentioning men and like they're allowed to express their opinion and do and do absolutely insane things but it's it's fine and then women they'll, they'll they're portrayed as being crazy but like so recently i was listening to a true crime podcast um about the stalking of um joy silverman and like so basically this woman had an affair with the powerful man and then she like kind of broke it off eventually and then he stalked and like did some horrible things horrible horrifying things to her for years until he was finally caught but then when he was caught after doing all these horrible things and pretty much making her life a miserable hell he pretty much got a pat off because, oh, well, he was just acting to passion because he cared. If the woman did that, they would have put her in jail forever. And it's like, oh, he was just acting off passion. It's fine. I don't even remember what it was. It was, I was watching some show. And so he didn't spend, a, by the way, he didn't spend a lot of time in jail. He got out pretty quick and was back to where he, like, his powerful position because, you know, crimes of passion. It was fine. It was just, he... She, because she had the affair and broke it off, like, you know, she's the crazy one. He's fine. And that's, it's insane. I don't remember where I was, what show this is. And I apologize, everyone, that I can't remember this. But it was a Korean show or movie where the woman got sent to jail and every single, basically every single one of her cellmates was the person who had killed her husband who was beating beating her like all of these so in korea there are different laws about um self-defense and i believe it's like you're not allowed to show excessive you're not allowed to use force excessive force and so it means there are quite even considering the fact that like harassment is incredibly hard to file there that there are quite a few women in jail for having killed their husbands because of long-term abuse and stuff like that because that's the only way they can get away from it and i cannot remember the name of that show but it was just so interesting to hear about that like that was my first time hearing about the fact that it was just like oh yeah this is an entire cell with five women in it and all of them did something to their husbands or brothers or whatever because they couldn't handle being put down and put in a cage anymore it was yeah in the case of i have a lot of true crime knowledge i'm sorry the but the case of lorraine bobbitt who um cut off her husband's penis because he he was an abuser and terrible sack of crap but she was pretty much like seen as being so crazy and she became a joke after doing that but like you know it's like he he was an abuser and like so his crimes are never really talked about it's just 
the act of her going crazy and cutting off his penis. I think there's a lot to do with repression in this. But let's talk a second. I, I put to you, I put to you what TV trope says to us, which is that the historical version of this trope, the one that deserves a, a good slap in the face, is rarely evoked because of its implications. That's what they say. That's what they say is that the one that's like women going crazy, women having hysteria as a mental illness, like the idea of, oh my God, and then they faint, isn't isn't rarely used anymore because people know that it's a double standard. Now, Jordan, what are your thoughts on this? What do you think of what TV trope says about the use of this trope? I feel like this trope is both forms of it are still used. It's still, I think it's yes. still very prevalent. Because I was thinking, I don't, that is the correct again, answer. don't remember what it was. It was some sort of horror movie where, like, the woman, like, something happens to her. And slowly, more and more, she starts going crazy until at the end of it, she's killing people. With like, a, like, it's just, I, I see this hysteria and, like, this stuff. Both forms are still. It's everywhere. Are still very prevalent. But it's so much, I think it's so much so that like we can't really think of like examples because it's everywhere it's hard to point it's to it's literally one. everywhere it's everything this is the issue uh it, it's just everywhere and it's like insidiously getting into our minds and it may not yeah you may not see women fainting from over emotion these days or the fact they're not wearing corsets you do see the prevalent use of the jealous possessive, possessive girlfriend stereotype and this is just everywhere the jokes there's just like all this different stuff that's everywhere and like i yeah i i yeah i think that it, it's hard to come up with examples when yeah this is the thing is that like coming up with examples is hard when it's literally everywhere like i think i asked i'm gonna say this now i think i asked like five different people like i asked someone who reads a lot like every night manga and watches anime and reads books and they couldn't off the top of their head name specific examples no one could name specific examples yeah. everybody just like well it's everywhere yeah that, and that's what i was saying this is like i think it's just so much so that you can't even point to a specific you're just like yeah it's probably in this because that's just how it's the portrayal now and this is the idea that like there's so many words for it now instead of it's being hysterical women are crazy they're crazy bruh my girlfriend's so crazy. She's acting so crazy. I don't know what this accent is, but I'm doing it. Um, and there's other ones where it's like, she's irrational. She's over emotional. She's just, or just emotional. Like it's, there's all these different words for the fact that it's just like. <laughs> she has emotions. Yeah, pretty much. Which brings me to my favorite thing, because it reminds me of the fact that Jordan didn't understand what it said when I wrote it down. And I didn't thought get it your meant joke. something else. Okay, it's a play on words that would have been better if you just said it out loud. It's period drama. <laughs> and I thought you were referring to, like, actual period dramas, like a period piece. I didn't know I you were referring to period drama. All you happen to say, this has been my best episode. For yes, you you had some really good ones, but I'm just saying, I'm slow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
so this section of the podcast is called period drama because I love it. All right. Basically, this is the, like, this is blaming female emotions on your biology twofold, like we talked about last week with the spider lady combo, is that it's like the number of jokes of like, woman, are you on your, woman, are you on your period? This happens all the fucking time. Oh, it must be that time of the month. Yeah. Oh, it's PMS. And because of the way, like, they present that and, like, they do that in media, people think that's an okay thing to say to a woman. You want a punch in the face? That's the way to get a punch in the face. That Very quickly. That's the 100%, 100% way to get a punch in the face. Also, like, detracts from the fact that there are so, like, just as a side thing, there are so many women who deal with PCOS and uh, what, endometri- end- endometriosis, the one where it's like excessive yeah. pain during your period. Yeah, you and like, right. just fuck off. Fuck off on that front. So yeah, period drama, making ideas of that. But also, same as last time, same as last time, all women are lustful and unable to control themselves. At the same time, we're supposed to be virgins who aren't interested in sex. Like, I don't understand how we can be both frigid and sexual beings at the same time. Why is this a dichotomy that exists that's completely illogical? I don't get it. Why? No Why? amount of breathing exercises is going to make me not get mad at this stuff. <laughs> this is going to descend. Expect us at some point to descend into the, like, Why? The of the Why? 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 Be more constructive with your feedback. Sorry. Why? 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 Okay. Anyways, side into our love of Flight of the Concords. Right. Um, be expecting our cosplay next year. It will be great. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's the yeah, it's really like, and what this boils down to is an idea that viewing women as a hysterical is like a means of controlling them. It's very similar to like the gaslighting that happens with the uh, with angry black people in general, but it's 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 a way more overt control. Well, the black like well, I think that in some ways, the viewing a black man as dangerous is almost easier to confront in a way because it's a physical reaction. Women being told it's a it's a it's a desert of power over them that they're not allowed to speak. You're not allowed to have any emotion that's not seen as being viewed too much yeah it's just it's yeah and i think it's funny that the first examples i had of this were female politicians like this is what you see with female politicians all the time just think of like nancy pelosi ripping up that goddamn paper which you talk to any woman and they're like yes yes but you talk to other people and they're like she's crazy well even a certain person who might be the president of the United States. I still don't accept that fact. But there was that thing where he's like, "Oh well, she must be on her period or some something." He made the mango some... dictator. God, I, I do not the... accept that man. <laughs> Anyways, Anyways. Don't, I shouldn't have brought him up because I, I'm just mad now. No, yeah, but I think it, yeah, where it's about control, people, and it's there and it's everywhere, and it's something you need to think about. How it invades your life. How it invades other people's lives. As a woman, this is something... Yeah, I, we'll go into this later. But just, like, think about it. Think about it. Think about this control as I give you some examples of women being hysterical. Sorry. Think I, about it is also another Flight of the Concords reference. You gotta think about it. Which 
Which one's that from? It's from the song Think About It. Which oh, is I don't in, remember. in the same episode of um Hip Hop Hippopotamus. Anyways. Oh. You gotta think All right. about it. Okay. Well, going on to examples. My favorite, which is one that many people might not agree with, but it's probably the only one that I can come up with on a regular basis, is Yennefer from The Witcher 3. Not talking about the TV show, but that is also an example of the TV show where she goes fucking baby crazy. Oh, yeah. What? Like, what the fuck was that nonsense? What was that as a characterization? All women want babies right so it was just it just so that's, that should be like a driving factor in every female character is that she wants babies <sighs> please women don't kill me i'm just i'm just being sarcastic he, don't he's kill just me. saying that biological determinism says this this is what it yeah. is yeah anyways yeah. that's not but my I, that does not reflect my thoughts. Women don't kill me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I. It's okay. If it was, I would have already killed him, everyone. It's fine. He would already be dead. Yep. Um. So, 100%. Yennefer from The Witcher 3, though. Let me tell you about this. During The Witcher 3, I, like... Yennefer is shown as being, like, disagreeable, and she does her own thing, which I love. I love Yennefer from The Witcher 3. I think she's badass, and she does what she wants, and she doesn't like she just gets it and she doesn't let anybody tell her what to do however how the guys react to her in the witcher 3 they view her as being like um i like can't even think of the word for it what is the word i'm looking for like selfish i don't even know you uh, like she's like self-centered thank you that was the word i was looking for um they view her as being self-centered and that she is me 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 and does and uh, like is a bitch that's what they view her as which i'm like she just is a boss ass bitch which very different meaning for those who don't know that means she can get it and the thing that i cannot say in any context yeah she (laughs) can get it she's awesome and but the way the guys treat her particularly when the witcher they just treat her like she's temperamental and irritable and whatever and they're like why does Geralt like her because she's so awful like her emotional state is whatever and she treats everybody horribly and I'm like you know what she's been through some shit and the moment I think of I'm gonna stop talking about her soon but the moment I always think of is they're like Geralt gets back and they're like Yennefer threw a bed out of the window Yennefer threw a bed out of the balcony and they're like, why did she do it? It's so ridiculous. Blah. And they're laughing about it. And then Geralt goes to talk to her and she's like, why the fuck would I want to sleep in the bed you've been fucking my best friend in for the past two years? And Geralt reacts like a man. But I just went, yes, and started clapping. Me, <laughs> I started clapping because for me, I'm like, yeah, she's A, a powerful sorceress, so get rid of the fucking bed. But I'm, t- anyways, I, I love that moment because it's her being a powerful woman. And they, but the way it's portrayed via the male lens that you're getting is that she's being ridiculous. I think the male lens and male phrase that is used a lot of times is difficult. That's the word yeah. is, is used. She's difficult. Yeah, when in actuality that scene plays very differently depending on how you like view the guys viewing it or versus whether you're like me who thinks Jennifer's awesome for doing that. Like I think that she did her own thing. Yeah. Because really, cheating is effed up and you should burn the person. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. 
Next. So, <laughs> next. Next example actually comes from, I watched this yesterday. I watched Clueless for the first time in a very long time. This goes into the angry black woman as well. I've seen Clueless before you watched it? That is amazing. No, I've seen Clueless before. Oh. First oh. time in a long time. Dang, I thought you, you said first. I just heard. Person. I just heard first time. Then you're the second person who thought I said it was my first time watching Clueless today. Like, what is this? The rest I was about of the to say, it's like, that's truly alien. amazing that I saw it before you because I've like no, recently I've seen saw it. it. <laughs> I saw it ages ago. But anyway, like two years ago. <laughs> Dion in Clueless. Oh yeah. Angry black woman, and. And even though they do a good job in that, like, I really like how they do some things in that job of mediating the fact that these women are not dumb. They may be, have different priorities in life, but they are not dumb. But there's a point in the very first scene where you meet Dion's boyfriend, where he says, he says, what is it, your time of the month again? Classic example. Classic joke. Dead silence from Jordan because he knows that he can't laugh. Period drama. Let's see that joke again. <laughs> Just the, the way that you indicate that. Period drama. Yeah. So that's that's like a classic, and I know that's really old, but that still happens, people. Period drama. Oh god, that period was period drama. Sorry, that was a ex- very well indicate to that. Just. I like. To I do applaud that. you on the way that you just everything you're doing. You're doing great. Thank you. Anyways. Thank you. Now going into more of like back into the nerdy side of things, I have a lot of examples, people. But because this makes us really mad, side, that's why there's so many examples. I so my friend gave me the example of a book series that I I have read most of, but it's been a long time. But she reminded me of the Red Rising series, which is like a sci-fi esque one where there's like different colors oh, yeah, and stuff. Yeah. And they're leading a revolution and she reminded me that in the later books the rebels are end up being led by women who end up fucking shit up and like the rebels who are the women end up having to be taken out of power because they fuck everything up and they end up killing people and they're like it's just like this idea that when a woman gets in charge she just murders and kills and fucks it all up and yeah it was a it's an interesting thing it's very much a contrast to other 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 things but it's just uh, yeah that's one of those examples next example which is the one that you were trying to find that i didn't know there was an actual word for there's a term called yandere so this is just in general in japanese culture but like it's portrayed a lot in anime like you'll know you'll know when i explain it where it is a female character who's like super devoted with um a certain another a male character, sorry. I don't know why I couldn't think of the word male. But super devoted to the male character, does everything for her for them, and then slowly gets more obsessive until that devotion turns to obsession, turns to destructive violence. Think of Monica. It's only Monica. Just Monica. Only Monica. Just Monica. Who do Just you want to speak to? Just Monica. Just Monica. <laughs> pretty sorry, much actually. That's it. All- the, all the portrayals of the women in um, Doki Doki Literature Club is exactly yes. Yandere um, behavior. Except for yeah, the first um, love interest, but yeah, the rest of them are. What? The first yeah. love interest, who's your childhood friend, isn't destructive and violent, but the other three become very dangerously destructive. And freaking Monica. Just Monica. She's great. Just Monica. Love you, girl. But man. Just Monica. Just Monica. Anyways, <laughs> yes. So this is not a trope that's only exclusive to horror games. 
This is this is also it's in, in, it's in a lot of anime. <laughs> it's in a lot of anime, and it's also often used for comedy. Like it's often a comedic thing. So, yeah, where she like starts hurting people, like in jokingly hurting people because. And they... she's usually super fucking cute, but then she turns violent. Now we will say there are male versions of this. This is not exclusive, yeah, and considering the fact, and I'm also considering. Yeah, damn it, you ruined my domestic violence commentary. Sorry, go on, say your thing. I can delete the joke. Say your thing. No, it's fine. No, you're not going to delete the joke now. Um, it. Th- Considering the fact that men perpetuate most of domestic violence, duh. Anyways, continuing on. That's an entire subgenre. Go look it up. Go look it up. Another example, which is the one where I'm like, this is the historical, this is the historical person going crazy example. Hello, here it is. Liza Aaron from Game of Thrones. Woman goes goddamn insane. She goes incredibly insane throughout that entire series ends up does she the one who jumps i can't even remember she's she's, she's got i thought she was pushed i don't remember what happens all i remember is the fact is that she was breastfeeding her adult child oh i forgot yeah i forgot about um what's his name oh, i don't know i don't know but anyways the woman goes insane through the entire game of thrones thing she's entirely insane she's she's also like apparently from the books having read up on this is that she's like insanely jealous of her sister even before this like the entire time of everything with the starks and whatever and it's just yeah it's it's literally the classic hysteria which i'm sorry i'm sorry you don't need to show historical stuff by having a woman be hysterical because it was just letting you know george r. r martin it was an excuse to put women in fucking jail it, it, it's not a real thing it, it's not a real thing i'm sorry to break it to you i'm sorry it's like we're, we're getting bad at george r. r martin for having some problematic stuff in his books um the whole thing i think well yeah the everything but just considering the fact that it's like people use the excuse to they're like, well, it's historic. I'm like, no, hysteria is not something. Uh, it's a, it's <laughs> hysteria is hysteria. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's excuse. You haven't even said said hysteria in Disturbia form yet this episode. I expect yeah. it to be our outro. Because <laughs> I because I've been trying not to not to either see it as historic or Disturbia because freaking Riata's great. <laughs> um, I think let's just skip to the last one. Oh, oh. you can handle. Yeah, this let me you. handle this. So there was this um, TV show that I watched way too much of, and now looking back with um, a critical lens, the whole thing's so damn problematic. This wonderful, lovely TV show is called How I Met Your Mother, and the we way all realized it. Barney Stinson is a despicable, disgusting piece of crap, and mm-hmm. so the one that the example that Leah wrote down was the crazy hot scale in How I Met Your Mother. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you can be a specific amount of crazy. A woman's so crazy hysterical because she's going to mess your, you up. And then, like, the hotter you are, the crazier you are type thing is what they were saying. Pretty much every single woman who Barney dates in that show. Is crazy. She's crazy and over the top. Yeah, she's insane and crazy and... <sighs> well, there was still... One episode, Ted, Ted broke up with this girl like at a, like inopportune time, but then starts to date her and then realizes that he doesn't like her and breaks up 
with her at another inopportune time, I think her birthday or something. And then she, who had been like taking self defense classes, goes quote unquote crazy and beats him up. And it's shown as, oh, she's ridiculous in this caricature of how female characters portray because she didn't want to be broken up and she's so clingy and crazy. Sorry, people are shown as being clingy chicks, quote unquote, and just how they're portrayed as being like over like pretty much being stalkerish when it comes to that and sorry say your thing because i'm just getting frustrated hold on i need to check something okay well then there's also the portrayal of the character lily um allison something i forget her last name i apologize but reddit but she married to marshall she has multiple times where there's like the whole episode where she goes quote unquote baby crazy and gets drunk and starts acting like a baby she just has, there's multiple times when she's showed as being kind of over the top and like, oh, she's just a little zany type crazy thing. And it's like she's hysterics. And it's like, well, you need to get your woman in control type thing is said by Barney, which he's an offensive piece of crap. But anyways, I'm, I'm I mean, done. I can't. You could also say that the exact same thing happens with uh, Chandler breaking up with Janice multiple times. So everybody views Janice as crazy, but she's not. She's the best. She's the best of us. But that laugh, though, <laughs> that laugh. Yeah. She just yeah. has a, I always thought it was just she just had a very bad laugh. That was the crazy part of her. She, her laugh was horrible. But, well, you they know, say that she's like clingy laughs. and stuff like that. And then they like gave her a redemption arc when they were like Chandler was actually dating her and she was doing it and she was great. But sitcoms are just really bad portrayal of women. Sh- sitcoms are, in fact, some of the worst portrayals of women. My gosh. So. Those are our examples. Let's tie this up. It's a form of control. And let's tie this up with a little bow and then throw it away and and not think about it again. And then just and then just go and break some plates and be angry pieces of shit and um, and uh, fuck the patriarchy. Let's let's do that. Let's let's do that. Come on. Let's get let's go. Let's go. I'm ready. All right. Okay. so what's the impact? (laughs) <laughs> oh, you want me to do this? No, okay, no, all right. so you're like, yeah, I'm ready. Let's go. It's like, okay, well, if you're ready, I was ready go. for you to take it. Okay, anyway, so, so. So, yeah, what? I, I got this. I can do it. If, okay, if all right, ready. all right, all right. Yours truly. So, Are the impact. So, no. oh my God, I'm not ready for this, actually. <laughs> I should have been doing what you were doing the last, like, three minutes. Um, so, these tropes have a direct impact on the lives of many minorities, um, Leah mm-hmm. and I included. Um yeah. Pretty much, one, the words calm down from a white man usually have the exact opposite effect. Usually it was a, oh, are you mad? You need to calm down. That's when I start strangling. And I don't mean that literally. (laughs) Well, I just love the whole like, are you mad? And it's like, well, now I fucking am. Yeah, I wasn't before, but I'm ready to go now. Let's go. Yep, I'm ready. I'm ready to beat you. That serves as a means to, again... Oh, sorry, sir. How about I read my... this one? Because yes, I wrote please. this one. Yes, because I'm okay. just up the Thanks. Um, this is basically, it serves as a mean by the oppressive patriarchal white ruling class to delegitimize the, th- the thoughts and emotions of those considered beneath them, whether through viewing them as actually dangerous and, you know, crossing the street when you walk by them for fear that they're going to get angry, uh, or is the fact that, like, by... Obs- 
putting throwing them in goddamn mental institutions or treating them like they are emotional things that will cry at a moment's notice and break and thus should be not in stressful situations it's incredibly frustrating because of the way it it, it is it's just both of us, when we were coming together for these notes, had at least, what, a hundred real life situations. Oh, my God. Each. I never told you. Mo- I feel oh, like yeah. I teased everyone. Yeah, I have yeah. another situation. Yeah. So in you were saying that you excuse in middle school, in middle school, I had issues because of many several reasons. But I had was bullied and uh I was being bullied and would be reactive. I would react to them because it was very hard for me to like control my impulses. That's a thing because I have ADHD. And so I would react against them. And um, my mom got called in one day um, and was told that I wouldn't be allowed on the middle school trip unless I stopped reacting to the bullies. I didn't know that. Second, I didn't want to talk about it on the show because it, it hurts too much, but that pretty much same thing happened to me and i wasn't allowed to go on the middle school trip i think we've talked about this before mm-hmm. yes we have i did yeah, yeah i've okay. similar experiences similar fucking experiences we had a similar experience i don't want to talk about mine though <laughs> no that's fine i talk about mine it happened it's a real thing made my mom yell at the teacher and uh yeah it's a thing that it's a thing I'm glad that, that we both had moms who yelled at teachers like that. I cool. I'm very happy for my mother. My yeah, mother. <laughs> my mother is many things, but I love the fact that she stands up for me. So yeah, yeah. I agree. It basically this affects our lives, every aspect of our lives, in different ways. It it impacts all of us all the time, and I think that's what makes it so hard for us to come up with examples. And it just makes it like we talk about how this affects our lives mostly when we talk about this a lot of times it ends up how it how it impacts the future generations but this is one that is there present all the time this impacts my life this impacts jordan's life this impacts every woman you've ever met i don't think any of them have ever not been told to calm down or to that they're they're being too bossy they're being too opinionated Yep. Haven't been told to shut up at least once and let someone else do the talking. Haven't been mansplained to. Like there's there's all we could go all sorts of directions. But I think it's just important to think like if you are a man, a white man, do you think about how you speak to get what you want? Do you, do you actively consider your word choices? That's something you should think about today is that what do you do? when you want something and do you actually modulate your volume do you think every day about what volume your voice is at because i do i think about my volume all the time yep and jordan does too yep so yeah just i think that's something to take away is that any person who any person listening is like what do you do that you change about how you speak and how you act in front of other people and like those little things And have you seen those in movies? Yeah. Yeah. But I think this goes on a little bit of an ending point. You were reminded of the fact that you have to be seen as perfect. Yeah. And that's that's the only thing you're allowed to be. And I tried to find there's a quote, but I can't remember what it is 
that you have to be perfect. And this is particularly for politicians and anybody wanting to be in a public facing position. If you're a minority, you have to be 110% all the fucking time. Yep. While white men are can still be awful human beings and get elected. You can't fuck up at all. Yep. Sorry, that's the only word I can say, but I, I agree a hundred million percent with you. That's not even a percentage. I, I agree more than my body will let me agree. It's getting, we get real. We get real this episode, but I think it's really important, particularly in this time. Like, I think this is also, you guys have to admit, this is a way for us to vent some of what we're feeling at the moment. A lot of people are feeling stuff like this, so... I I la I want to thank our listeners for giving us a space and we do want to say we apologize for it being a nerd light episode at least on examples but I think everybody here can take a second to look at the stuff they're intaking and see how how people are portrayed and stuff like that and this is something that you can either you can take directly into your daily lives and into the content you're intaking and see it there every day it's nerd light on examples, but like I, I think there's way more than we've mentioned. And I mm-hmm. think because it has such a gigantic impact on the way people act and are portrayed, represented in general, I think that it is important to talk about. And as an engineer, I know that um, if you do not vent the steam, the machine will explode. And I think that it is a good outlet to talk about it, but not just yell and scream about how this makes us mad but be able to educate and like like raise awareness for these things that continually happen and it's like this happens let's take steps for it to change yeah particularly like i i didn't mention previously but one of the people i talked to said that like there's entire genres that are and forms of media that are this is extremely prevalent like they were saying japanese like novels are this is an incredibly large yeah. problem there. And I don't read Japanese like novels very frequently, but it's even worse than most manga. And I think I think we can all like take a step back at what we're looking at and reevaluate. You know, still consume, but at the same time, consume with a lens. Consume with a lens. Yeah. 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 But be but, careful with that. Don't consume a lens. Consume with the lens. Like do yeah. not eat the lens. You could get very sick. Mm-hmm. I had to make mm-hmm. a joke to break it up. Come on. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, <laughs> let's take a let's take a good look at our bias and work at correcting them, and stand up for those who are being told they're being angry. They're allowed to be angry. They're allowed to do whatever the fuck they want. Stand up. Speak out against tobacco. Okay, last joke. I'm Anyways, sorry. yeah. Oh, I had another example. I thought of during the middle of this, and now I don't remember it. what it is. Okay. Oh, oh. So yeah, I'm gonna lead it. So we wanted to give um. Examples of times people didn't give a flying fuck about standards. Um, this is actually, I think Leah wrote this example. This is one of my favorites ever. Yeah. Was um, when, so when Captain Marvel was released, people criticized like the post movie posters and some of the trailers like, oh, she needs to smile more. And I think someone even um did a Photoshop or some sort of um editing job where they put a smile on Captain Marvel Brie Larson. And, of yeah. course, this yeah. upset a lot of people, especially Brie Larson. <laughs> yeah, and she was like, basically suck it to everyone. Too bad. Who cares? And I appreciate that. 
I appreciate And not that only that, but she posted a picture of all of the Marvel men who were frowning in all of the posters, promotions, and everything. And it's like, okay, I'll smile when they smile. And mm-hmm. then there was an edit of that same picture with all of them with creepy plastered on smiles. God. Yeah. I think, like, yeah. I think another one that's a good example of like not giving the standards is I, I, I really like the show The Wire. I think this is a classic example where it was just like breaking stereotypes on all fronts and changing how we viewed and there was just like an interesting collection of various people and I think that's a really good one. Slow burn, lovely show, excellent, Idris Elba at his best, but it's just like a comp- uh, just a complex collection of characters which I think is just I think is breaks the breaks the mold of most stereotypes you get of black men. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. And my response to that whole thing is, I don't know. I haven't watched The Wire. It's so good. It's so good. It's so slow. Everybody keeps telling me that, but it's it's such a slow burn that I can't really like get but into then it. Everybody stops at the same. It's the same as The Walking Dead where everybody stops at the barn episodes. And then, but it's really that the episode after that's where it gets good. It gets so good. Anyways, my Wonder. last one is one where I want to ask the audience if they could help me find this one. So I remember when I was younger, my dad was listening to an audiobook, this book, a sci-fi book, where only women were allowed to be uh, pilots, specifically like fighter jets and the spaceships or whatever. So only women were allowed to be pilots. And the reasoning given was some of the most interesting reasoning I, I think I've ever had, and I appreciated it. The reason given was that women have so many other scenarios where they're able to handle stress that they operate better under stress than men do given the fact that like have raising children and other stuff like that it was the best reason it was basically the opposite of what you gave is that men say that they're better under stress because whatever because they've been in power for so long and that women are weak and they can't handle anything this reasoning given for why women should be in these intense situations flying these (laughs) flying these planes sorry what were they flying the planes that's what just happened. Um, the planes. The planes. Um, was, yeah, because they could handle, they had, like, so much stress in multiple situations, under pressure, different things flying at them. Now, I don't remember what book this is, and I would love if somebody could actually tell me what the book this is. But, yeah, it exists. Somewhere it exists, the idea that, oh, my God, women have to deal with so much more stress because of everything in history maybe we're better at dealing with it than guys are hmm huh and i'll leave on that note drop mic drop (laughs) i just remember that clip where where it's the uh women shouldn't be in charge because they'll start wars and who is it the the billy on the street i think it is oh yeah 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 and he's like but aren't all wars started by men i think that was him it was somebody, and that was the response. Is but I don't know what yeah. by men. And yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I was just like, yeah, let's consider that for a fact. That's why I like that. That's why I want to know what book that is. So we're finally wrapping it up. Yeah. <laughs> this was a oh good, like I said, you vent the steam so you don't explode. And, and that I was think really next nice. Week, next week, we're going to have a happy episode, guys, where we're going to talk about a lot of nerdy shit. We don't know what yet because I haven't actually thought about it, but we're going to have a happy episode because me and Jordan are sad. <laughs> I thought we were going to just have a deep dive in the injustices caused by the... Sorry. Anyway. Oh. 
we're gonna have we're gonna have a happy episode. Yeah. Um, I have to make jokes or I'll cry. That's really exactly why I'm doing this. So we're all jaded. We're gonna lead out. What do you say? Nothing. Fine. No, what do you say? I said we're all jaded human beings. Well, yeah, of course. But yeah, I wanted to lead out on our usual. Leah was upset because she couldn't figure out what to talk about. But I, I'm I just going to go ahead. Oh! I'm going to go ahead and just... Ow. Uh, okay, guys, thank you for listening. This is Anyways, I'm going to go ahead and just lead into it because I don't even need to ask you if you want to go first because I want to talk about what I want to talk about. Um, I've been reading the um, graphic novel comic Monstrous. M-O-N-T-S. T-R-E-S-S, because last time I told this to someone to write Monstrous, which is a completely different comic and graphic novel, but Monstrous, it's amazing. Every, I, I just, I have the book next to me. Everything about it is great. So it's this um pretty much expansive fantasy by? world. Sorry, what? Who's it by? It is by Marjorie Liu, L-I-U, in Sana Takeda. We're going to write this in the description, people. Yes, we are. But my... Anyways, so this monster is set in an expansive fantasy world, set in a matriarchal society, but um, pretty much it's the, long ago it was the ancients, and these ancients um, made it with humans, and now there are the Arcanics, who are the, the mix between the ancient, like, you know, spirits and the humans, but because of their differences, there are the wars between the humans, specifically the Kumea dynasty or Kume- sorry, Kumea Federation and the Arcanics, the Dusk and Dawn courts. It's really hard to explain all this, but it follows um, the character Micah Halfwolf, who um, whose mother was betrayed and killed, and she's trying to figure out why her mother was killed and what's going on with her because it turns out that she has an otherworldly monster inside of her and is trying to um you know figure out what's going on with that and apparently she might either be the savior or the complete destruction of the world but it's really beautiful based off of um east asian um design and um culture and it's just some of the best art i have seen in a comic book period mm. it looks really pretty it, it's pretty the um action Gorgeous. is really cool um the freaking all all of the arcanics are like unique you got some tiger people some shark people you got some just really cool magic being used and the mother superior of the kumea federation is awesome but evil and i just love everything that they do in the comic and i i I would recommend it i've been non-stop reading it the um book one that i have is over 500 pages and i've just been loving literally every single page nice that's awesome also cats can talk and are scholars of course they are and have multiple tales and it's really cool the yeah the cats are the the old the poets of old i'm not sure what i think about the multiple tales thing but okay we'll we'll (laughs) gloss over that um so (laughs) guys i gotta be honest i've been trying to be a normal human being this week and you haven't been doing your job of it boom take that it's sad because it's true (laughs) oh no i didn't mean to actually hurt your feelings (laughs) 
That no. was stuff. I was trying uh, to be mean, but not it really It means mean. that I have been generally only playing Animal Crossing as usual and watching, rewatching Let's Plays that I love. And yeah, but I can talk about. I can't decide. Should I talk about a show that uh, is not nerdy or should I talk about a book series that is nerdy that I love? You do whatever your heart desires. We're going to talk about a book series that I love that's nerdy. So we're going to go back old and we're going to talk about um, the amazing book series, The Black Jewel Trilogy by Ann Bishop, which all of my family has loved for years and years and years. But I only got into in the past couple years and read it, which uh, Anne Bishop is this fantastic author who writes um, adult fantasy books. And she deals often deals with like really intense subjects. So that is a warning on this one that um, there is a lot to do with uh, sexual violence in this and sexual stuff and like, yeah. Sexual violence warning on that one. Um, but th- she writes the most amazing female characters ever. And basically what it is is the story of um, uh, this girl who is supposed to be... She's not the... She's not the... Um, she's not the narrator of the book. The the, the people who are the... Uh, the... Okay. So it, it basically... <laughs> Basically, it's set in this world where it's very interesting, where it's a, it's supposed to be a matriarchal society um, where uh, there's the people who have magic, which is the um, the people who have jewels, and there's a ranking, and there's a house society, and there's the queens who are the highest ranking, and there's the males who are supposed to follow the queens and be a part of their court. And uh, basically, someone has been trying to has been fucking up the system for years and years and years. And as a reaction to that, the world has birthed the um, dreams made flesh. Um, the who's supposed to save the world? I can't remember her other name, but it's basically the witch. Sorry, the witch. And it's this girl, a very young girl, and it follows uh, several of the characters, several different male characters who are eventually going to serve her but it's like them protecting her and stuff like that and it's got oh it's got some of the best female characters ever so strong so interesting really intricate um deals with a lot of really intense stuff but in a really good way like also has a moment in here like this I think it's interesting because it does it's supposed to be a more fantasy medieval setting and uh the, the girl gets thrown in a mental institution because they think she's crazy. And I think it deals a lot with what we're saying this episode of like how how people are per- perceived and stuff like that. And it's really good. Excellent series. Anne Bishop, highly recommend. Let's finish off. Guys, thank you for listening to this episode. We have been angry, but we're not hysterical. And just be aware of these things and they exist in culture. And I guess... Since we didn't give too many examples, also just kind of observe them and see where it happens yourself and kind of, I guess, help spread awareness for these awful stereotypes. Yeah. Anyways, that's all I got, unless you have anything else. I don't know. I think I think by drawing a comparison between these two, we can form new bonds. And the fact is that angry black men and angry women uh, of all types uh, can bond 
uh, bond together and and destroy our humanity. And there we go. Have a, lo- <laughs> have a lovely day, evening, moon moon time. Okay, but well, you, you got to stop. <laughs> I'm tired. This is this is Leo. Everybody, I'm tired. Have a have a lovely time. Thank you for tuning in. We'll catch y'all later. Bye. Bye.